0: Hello, my name is Brian Martin and you are listening to episode 8 of season 3 of the Running Technique Tips podcast. Uh, In this season, we're looking at all things cross-country training and racing. I'm now joined by my sick and sorry co-host, Lisa Biffin from Sydney. How are you going, Lisa?
1: I'm a bit husky today, I think. (laughs) It's a different Lisa. uh, I've come down with a bit of something I've yeah in between the torrential rain and uh, having to do day trips traveling for work that's always just a cocktail of I don't know running the gauntlet of the (laughs) of getting sick isn't it
0: it really is and I think last time we spoke you were sort of in the midst of climbing into the pit of despair and it looks like now, now that you've found that you you found your way to the bottom
1: well, I think I was sort of heading that way, and I'm not in despair anymore. I, you know, I was really down in the dumps the last time that we spoke. I just couldn't, I just couldn't be bothered really doing anything, and everything was just sort of mounting up. And anyway, I moved past that, and work has been really, it's been really quite busy. So I uh, had to really sort of put everything else to the side and just, sort of head down and focus on what pays the bills sometimes and I think life just or well, the universe tells you sometimes that uh, you do need to slow down and just focus on one thing rather than trying to fit in about a thousand things a day.
0: You sure do and you're speaking my language with focusing in on what pays the bills because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I've been doing for the last couple of months as well and the reason why we've been slightly more sporadic in getting our episodes out so hopefully at some stage we'll get back on track to uh, semi-regular schedule but for the meantime i think we're both just gonna to have to do the best we can to find some time and share a few thoughts as as our schedules permit
1: yeah no i know it's definitely been a tough one and i know lots of others struggle with this too and you look you have best intentions and i know that you're not mr planner but i am i start the week and i've got a plan as to what i'm going to do each day but you know you have things that come up like literally monday afternoon it was told right you're on a plane uh, wednesday morning and so i was on a plane- Wednesday morning, and my seven AM flight turned to eight AM, and then eight forty five. And <laughs> you've been up since five AM, and anyway, finally got home, I think about eight PM. So you just have to roll with the punches sometimes, don't you?
0: You do, and you're out there spreading your diseases on on a <laughs> on the flight, from what I understand. <laughs> oh, and- <laughs> I
1: felt really guilty. I went to bed on the Monday night, and I could feel this coming down because on Sunday, uh, been torrential rain in Sydney the last sort of three or four days and the weekend was the worst and uh, one of my eldest daughter had a little birthday party and it happened to be outside and they didn't reschedule it and we got absolutely drenched and I don't know about you, you know, like we run in the rain and it doesn't really faze me too much running in the rain but, you know, you're moving and you're sort of keeping warm and then you pretty much go home, get changed straight in the shower. But when you're drenched and you're just having to stand around and you're stationary, I, I find that is usually what makes me get sick to start with.
0: Definitely wouldn't help, and yeah, I'm trying to avoid things that make me sick. Like like the woman who came at me on the train last night, coughing up her lungs just before Footscray Station, so I just ran the other way and I held think my that breath. Was and- me. Yeah.
1: On the plane, I did feel sorry, and I was like, the, you know, the planes these days they're like just really buses in the air, aren't they? There's a million yep. people squashed in, and I was in the middle seat, and I was trying my best not to cough on everyone. But what what do you do when you have been told that you need to jump on a plane and you? you're not feeling well you, you just do it don't you yeah <laughs>
0: uh, sometimes you do it when perhaps you shouldn't but yeah. anyway um yeah. anyway. Uh, knock on wood i haven't been sick yet this winter so um we'll just stop talking about it and then it won't happen so. yeah
1: you, look, you've been going well with all of your community have you done any running over the last sort of week and a bit since we last spoke
0: I have done a bit of running, not a huge amount of running, but things have, I guess, allowed, I have allowed myself to tick off a few runs. I've had to be quite flexible in my schedule. And one advantage of being a non-planner is you get less disappointed when you don't. do do things because you didn't really have a proper plan in the first place. Do you know what? That's a really good point. I think
1: that's helping me. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. I went back over the last couple of days back through some old training diaries and I text you some of the sessions that we had actually done together. And it was during the time where I was traveling a lot. I had quite a senior role and I'd Running was pretty much to the back burner and I was commenting to you that my training schedule was anything from, you know, four days off in a row followed by like a 30-minute run around a random park for whatever city I was, you know, followed by maybe some hill sprints and then a couple more days off and did up actually running some pretty good times because there was flexibility, no pressure. I wasn't going to be qualifying for any world championships or anything but there was some pretty speedy moving from not a lot of training
0: and it's a bit of a prelude to our topic of the week which is going to be like training to your strengths rather than well or at least having a debate about whether you should train to your strengths or train to your weak train your weaknesses but we were sort of throwing around that idea of sometimes consistency may in fact be the enemy <laughs> of, of, at, of at least people who are trying to juggle a whole bunch of other things in their lives, um, in addition to their to their training programs. So yeah, well, I think I, that's probably
1: yeah the caveat there. I'm sure that uh, you know people who are aiming for big qualifications would argue profusely against that point. But... Well,
0: uh, look, I, I think that's right, and you know, I'm, I'm not arguing against that either. But yeah, sometimes that st- trying to strive for consistency is king could in fact. Bring you undone, and what you were describing is some examples of where you are consistently inconsistent, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've been over the last few weeks as well. So maybe, maybe I'm headed for a breakthrough.
1: Yeah, I know Look, even just reflecting back on some of the comments that I had, being a bit of a stickler for recording things I was quite positive in all of my comments through my training because when I did get that opportunity to and I, I did random things like run for 73 minutes it was once I, I was traveling a lot to, to Perth in the west of Australia and it's a beautiful park called King's Park there and I'd managed to get a quick break between all of my meetings and I ran to the park and I said I just decided I wanted to run hard up this hill which is okay like just random stuff and all my comments were like love this run it was amazing, felt great, as opposed to this kind of grind it out whilst trying to do everything else on top of it. And I'm just a ball of negativity. So it was quite a refreshing take on <laughs> how you can still get some things done and enjoy the process along the way.
0: Yes, indeed. So, should I do do a bit of a mini recap of what I've been doing running-wise?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely.
0: Since since we've kind of started straying into that. So, the week between Monday the 3rd of June and Sunday the 9th of June, and I know that's actually not a week, but that's most people's running week because, you know, we always focus on finishing on the Sunday. That week was a 58-kilometer week and I actually trained. I did five days running that week and actually trained quite hard because I ended up doing a threshold session on the Wednesday of that week. And I followed that up with some threshold intervals with a hill surge in the middle on the Saturday and then ended the week with like two hours over hills on the Sunday. So I do recall being quite tired when I got to the the end (laughs) end of that week, which probably wasn't a surprise because three lots of intensity in seven days is a bit more than what I've been doing in recent times. So. And probably due to that and just some other circumstances, I didn't actually end up running for the first three days of the week following, which is uh, beginning Monday, the June the 10th through to the 16th of June. And yeah, I didn't consciously take those days off, but I think, yeah, just due to circumstances, um, movements. And I think I prioritised getting a gym session in on the Wednesday morning before work rather than trying to sneak in another run, Mm -hmm. which meant that that week I only ran between Thursday and Sunday. And it was really, what's the word, it was easy aerobic running, two very short ones of like literally 30-something minutes and 20-something minutes on the Thursday and Friday. Uh, And then I followed that up on the Saturday, which... As you recall, that was the day that I thought that I was going to go to Bandura and run run, run the 10K cross-country there. But towards the end of that week, I messaged you and I said, this is just not going to happen. Um, I was completely exhausted and could not face the prospect of driving All the way back to Melbourne to compete in that run. So despite the fact that I'd actually entered and paid my entry fee, I decided not to go on the Friday evening. And that meant that, look, I wasn't feeling amazing, but I thought it'd be nice to at least do something with a little bit of intensity. So I took myself off to park run. And I didn't kind of have an exact plan, surprise, surprise for me, of what, of what I wanted to achieve at Park Run, but I thought, I'll just head off at kind of a threshold intensity, and if I feel good, I'll push harder from there. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. So, I sort of went threshold for the first kilometre, and I was feeling pretty good, so I basically put the foot down and ran pretty solidly until the end, which meant that I ended up with like a 20-minute and 30-second 5K performance on a really wet and sloppy track. So it was actually a pretty good effort, and especially since the first kilometre I ran that in about 4.18. Yeah. So I really averaged close to 4.04s, I think, for the, or, or a bit less for the there were maybe 4.03s for the last 4K. So wasn't bad. It wasn't a completely flat-out effort, although I worked pretty hard in the kind of the last kilometer. And so that was kind of a good sign of fitness during that park run. And yeah, there's another way to run park run. Just <laughs> if you're feeling go. good after the first k, try try and add some intensity. So yeah, that actually didn't feel too bad. And my GPS strangely conked out after the first kilometer. Um, so I've got heart rate data for that. Run, but no GPS pace data for my for the last four kilometres.
1: Hey, did you, when the afternoon came and you saw the results starting to tick over from the Bandhu across country, did you get any sort of, you know, like remorse or jealousy that you hadn't gone (laughs) or were you really Uh, comfortable in your decision?
0: I was pretty comfortable in my decision. There's probably a few pangs of guilt about not going, but, um, yeah, I think it was a good call in the end. Like it would have been another... Probably four hours in the car and standing around, so it would have been quite an exhausting day on top of a big week. And yeah, I guess it, you know, as a as a result, I got caught up with some of my uh, park run buddies, and <laughs> that was good. And went for a lap of the lake after after park run, which was hilarious because that's supposed to be an easy cool down run. And the GPS didn't conk out on that. And I think I got dropped by the group in the fourth kilometre. And I thought, gee, am I slowing down or are they speeding up? And I looked down and I'd just run a 458 kilometre. So... The group had definitely picked up the pace. There was a couple of young fellas that joined on at the 4K mark and must have taken off at about 4.40 pace or quicker because I got spat out the back door and I thought, I just cannot run any faster here after doing my 20-minute um, 30 park run. So the, uh, the, the cool-down lap of the lake almost ended up being a uh, almost a marathon <laughs> <laughs> effort, which was a bit ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, it was good fun. And uh to cap it all off, Sunday I just didn't fancy doing anything too long, so I ended up just doing like a fifteen kilometers in just under eighty minutes on the flat, I stayed away from the hills on the Sunday. And yeah, that's been my sort of my last couple of weeks. So yeah, not huge volume, a few sessions one week and then following that up with a, a semi speedy park run. Mm. What about you?
1: Well, I haven't done any running. I'm still injured. I'm still in the injury stable unfortunately. <laughs> And I actually went a little bit overboard in the cross-training last week.
0: I'm shocked. (laughs) I know, right?
1: Shocking. So after my sort of down in the dumps when we had spoken the last time, which was that week of the, I think, the 3rd to the ninth of June, and that was when my calf had tightened and I was getting some needles when we spoke and I sort of pulled myself out of that hole and I was like, right, you know, you're not going to run. You have the full, you know, seven to ten days off. Let's start to cross train, and so I wrote myself a little program. And on paper, it really didn't seem that much. And then I got to Monday of this week, and I was absolutely exhausted. I'd got had, like, had this cold coming on anyway, and I sort of sent you a text, and I was just like, I'm spent. Like I don't know what's going on. And then I'd sort of mentioned the cross-training that I had done and you were like, I think you need to scale the cross-training back. <laughs> <laughs> and just I'd actually sat down before we started to record because I, I thought I needed to reflect on what it is that I had done and, and I'll go through it and then put some perspective around it. So on the Monday uh, it was actually a, a public holiday and we had a club run but I, I jogged down and got 200 metres and the calf was no good. So gave up. So I ended up going to the pool and I did a two-kilometre swim And then the next day I did a 12-kilometre walk and then I went to the gym and then I did a cycle. And then the next day I did an hour and a bit of walking and then I did the gym and I did some rowing. And then on the Thursday I did the Alter G in the morning and then in the afternoon I did a swim session. So I swam another two Ks. And then on the Friday, I actually had a massage and it was an amazing massage and I'd actually, everything actually felt good. And I thought, great, you know, I'm going to be able to do a, a walk jog on the Saturday. And so I headed out after going to the gym on the Saturday for my run walk and I made it about not quite 4Ks and the calf tightened again, but then I turned that into a massive walk. And then on the Sunday, I did another walk and I did another 2K swim. And when I sat back and I've looked at all of this, so a normal week if I was doing my running training in my gym, I've been doing, you know, on average about 70 k's of running. So, you know, average that across about five-minute k's. It's around about six hours a week of running exercise. And then I'm was in. i in the gym sort of two to three times a week for only about 30 minutes. So all up, I'm doing about seven and a half hours a week of exercise. Last week in my cross-training and my ridiculousness that I <laughs> ended up doing I ended up doing two hours of swimming, six and a half hours of walking, half an hour of cycling, and two hours of gym, for eleven and a half hours of exercise.
0: Uh, you're just such a brilliant <laughs> case study of the obsessive compulsive mindset of many runners. Oh so, my gosh! When you're when you're injured, injured, think. I'll jump into cross-training and end up hurting yourself more by doing more.
1: So I've ended up sick of trying to somehow fit into my already crazy lifestyle, 11 and a half hours of exercise. And the thing that I like that I find with cross-training, and I'm sure that you'll agree, is like running is so easy. You can literally throw on your shoes and run out your front door. But when you're swimming, you know, it might be I just calculated the physical output of the activity, not the driving to the swimming pool, which is, you know, a good can be half an hour away and the faffing around of getting into the pool and then the out of the pool the shower and all this excess stuff that goes with the cross-training. So you probably need to add on another couple of hours on top of that for just the actually physically being able to get to where you need to do to do it. So I've ended up with a cold. And I was so exhausted and I got to the point where I was like, this sucks, like I'm hating this. And when I've gone back and reflected, I can see why I was just an absolute moron. (laughs)
0: So just just pause for a minute and have a bit of a look around and see if you can find your off off button. I know.
1: Well, in my ridiculousness, because, of course, I'd already pre-planned what I was doing this week and my yellow posted in my diary and it was like crammed full of, Gym and swim and you're cycling and all of this sort of stuff and then I got the the notice to say that I was um, having to go to Melbourne on the Wednesday and I was thinking how am I going to fit all of this in and then you were like just stop <laughs> just have a break so I ripped up that Post-it and that's exactly what I've done I've not really done a lot and it's been it's been good and it you know oh, this is going to sound ridiculous, you know, and sometimes you sort of need someone to tell you to stop and then you feel like, oh, oh it's okay to stop.
0: <laughs> people, people usually don't listen when I tell them to do things, so this is quite refreshing for me.
1: <laughs> and that is why then I went back and I had a look at some of the training diaries and I'm just like, oh, like where has this obsession, you know, sort of come from? And I think that's just, I don't think even if you're not an elite runner, you know, someone just being a runner, I think there is an obsessive compulsive nature in you anyway, irrespective of the level that you 're at, so you know you sort of you tap into that a little bit and you can kind of get carried away. well, I certainly just, can anyway, <laughs>
0: just just a little just a little. Uh excellent. Okay.
1: Oh dear. So I uh, my calf is, it keeps moving around and it's sort of this new spot. And in amongst all of um, this, I had mentioned that work was getting busy. I actually had to cancel my amazing physio appointment because again, I had to prioritize the thing that pays my bills. Uh, so I couldn't, get, I can't get into her. Well, it's now about a week and a half away. So i pretty much said that I'm I'm just going to do some walking and some easy gym. I I don't know about you, but I love running because I genuinely love being outside in the fresh air and amongst, I guess, nature. So that's what I'm enjoying about the walking. So easy walking, easy gym, and then hopefully my calf will come good. I'll get rid of the cold and I'll be in the right headspace to get back into it.
0: Sounds like a good plan <laughs> <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> Sensible flair.
1: Actually, hang on. I do want to add one other thing. So in amongst uh-huh. all of this craziness, I thought to myself, well, this is a really good opportunity to try and get my sugar addiction under control because there is a direct correlation between my sugar intake and running. Like I think they go hand in hand. <laughs> so I've been really good. I think I'm up to day eight. I've had one slip up in amongst that, but we'll just... I'll ignore that one. So I'm up to day eight being sugar-free and I'm feeling pretty good. I've even Mm. been in the kitchen cooking. Like that's just madness for me. Three hours on Sunday I was making paleo banana breads and pumpkin chicken soups and I don't know who I've become. I'm not sure I like this person.
0: (laughs) You just you're just directing all of that excess obsessive compulsive energy into another <laughs> outlet. I think I see that's what's happening here.
1: But I was really annoyed because I spent three hours doing all this cooking, and within like twelve hours, everything that I had made was completely demolished. And not by me. My family have My husband even said he's like, I love it when you cook. Yeah. And I just
0: forget about this running thing. <laughs>
1: And because he's still running and, you know, he's running really well and training lots, so he's got this ravenous appetite. And do you know what it's like when someone else cooks and there's, you know, freshly baked banana bread that's just come from the oven and,
0: oh, you know. Yeah, you scoff it.
1: Oh, you scoff it and then freshly made, you know, like chicken soup with gluten-free noodles all like made from scratch and simmered on the pot for however many hours. He's like, this is so good.
0: <laughs> You're making me hungry now.
1: Oh, dear, all of my, you know, feminist things inside of me were just, we um, has like little horns on my back, up. <laughs> <laughs> those comments. <laughs> so anyway, that's where I've been channeling my energy. <laughs>
0: okay, very good. Well, should we talk I, I'm quite interested in our topic this week cuz it's um, I think it's a good one. Do you want to do you want to talk about that now?
1: Yeah, well, I think it sort of stemmed again from one of my crazy planning ideas. <laughs> and in amongst this haze of whatever it is that I've been going through, I sort of had this epiphany that something needed to change. Like I just can't keep grinding out these weeks and work and family and all the rest of it. So, I started considering how I could change up my training and going about things. And I said to you, well, maybe I should actually start focusing on you know, what I'm not good at with training. And in true Brian style, you refuted that argument and said, no, I think you should train to your strengths. <laughs> so then we hypothesized, well, why don't we debate this? Let's look at whether or not you should train to your strengths or your weaknesses. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good debate and look, you know, I think my um, my marathoning underachievement is potentially a good example of me looking to train to my weak my weaknesses, like the my endurance and long, slow running and perhaps that not really working out for me so well in a performance <laughs> perspective. <laughs> so that's kind of one, one thing I would throw out there to kind of get the ball rolling on this discussion. And the other thing that I've been thinking about is just recalling uh, when I've run really well in the past and even right back to when I was a teenager, I would tend to run better off shorter, sharper, faster running than I would off slower, more consistent style of running. So kind of got examples at either end of my running career of perhaps there being something that's pointing to me towards saying, well, maybe just trying to train against... And address your weaknesses might not necessarily be working for you all that well so maybe going back to a more strength-based approach could be could bear some more fruit
1: mm, I think you know it can probably depend on what event it is you're training for and what it is that you're trying to achieve but you know of course we're coming from it from this sort of mid to backpacker element not an elite element but I was doing a little bit of research because I've been really torn by this I Sort of been thinking, well, maybe I will train to my weaknesses. And in my mind, my weaknesses are those tempos and those sort of higher paced, longer. Know, potentially marathon type um, runs. I, I think my strengths are, you know, I could go out and run forever at a really slow pod, ploddy pace. I think my strengths are track work. I've pretty much done it my whole life and I, I really enjoy it. And I think just having lots of planning is a bit of a strength as well. And I just thought, well, maybe I'll throw all that on its head and maybe I'll focus more on doing these long runs at faster pace and trying to throw in a tempo every, every week and I'm really torn between it because trying to fit all of that into my already stressful lifestyle, am I just adding more stress on stress? And then-
0: <laughs> well, I think there's a good chance of that. Um, you'd, have, you'd have to dole out those harder efforts, particularly if you're doing, you know, really longer, harder, long, long hard, long runs. Uh, and longer threshold or marathon-paced tempos, then they're really going to take it out of you. So if you were going to go down that road, you'd have to dole out that effort pretty carefully and give yourself a fair amount of recovery time mm-hmm. between those bouts of stimulus, I'd, mm. I would suggest. but
1: And I think also what came into the mix for me was, well, what's my actual purpose of this? You know, am I trying to make some qualification and try to be some Olympian? And the answer to that is no. You know, it's, it's, it's still a hobby. So do I want to focus so much on my weaknesses that it annoys me and I get stressed out by it and I don't enjoy it? So then I'm actually taking away the enjoyment factor from the one thing in my life that's meant to be a stress reliever. <laughs> And I was really torn by this. And so I've started to do a little bit of research on it because I I'm just so incredibly conflicted. And there's actually a theory. So Freud has a theory on this called the pleasure pain syndrome. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: He says that humans gravitate towards what is pleasurable and familiar and recoil from what is painful and unfamiliar. And, you know, I guess all of that makes sense. And to me that sort of resonated thinking, well, maybe I do actually stick to training to my strengths because I do want this hobby, being my running, to be familiar and pleasurable. I don't want it to start to be painful. I don't want to start resenting having to go out and do these training sessions. So that was a a nice little sort of thing to ponder.
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, you know, taking a strengths-based approach isn't something that is just a thing in athletic training pursuits. It's certainly a thing in the education sector, which is now my chosen career path, looking at maximizing the the strengths of students and what they bring to the educational experience and equation and taking account of that and not focusing on what they don't bring or their perceived weaknesses. And look, it's also something that's been written about and spoken about in leadership and management theory quite a bit. And look, I haven't done an extensive study of that, but (laughs) I can certainly tell you from my own experience, both as a a manager and of being managed in different ways that I can tell you that as a person I respond a hell of a lot better to someone who would allow me to focus on the things that I'm good at and strong at in the workplace rather than constantly reminding me of the things that I'm not quite so strong at or good at. Mm. Um,
1: Yeah, look, I, I think that's a really good point and I found another really good quote when I was looking at this from sort of both angles and it said, Focus on your strengths and make them even stronger and don't let your weaknesses get weaker. Yeah. And I just thought well I actually think that's probably more relevant to where I want to come from you know in the in the running sort of world. I I just thought that was a really good quote.
0: Yeah, I I like that one too. And look at, I was struggling to remember which podcast it was that I was listening to but this 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 is something that's been contemplated in the strength and conditioning world as well as the running training world so there's different schools of thought there there's a lot of people that sort of focus on your perceived strength coordination and movement weaknesses versus worth versus this the same kind of thing where you could flip that around and train at least more with more focus on your strengths rather than your weaknesses so there's a lot of people thinking about this stuff and mm. so i think it's worth talking about and debating and i think i'm My own little experiment of one, Brian, (laughs) going going to try and um, continue to focus on the things that I'm strong at and probably not going to ignore particularly endurance because I'm Going to end up running a marathon at the end of the year, but I'm, I'm certainly going to make sure I'm getting enough of the stimulus of the things that A, I'm good at, and B, I enjoy in my running.
1: Mm. um There is, you're right, there is a lot of literature about this particular topic, and not just recently, uh, there's a lot out there from a long time ago. But another sort of strain that was going through what I was reading was this perception of race to your strengths, but train to your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get my head around that one. It didn't sit well with me. But there was a lot of people who were actually quite um, in agreement with this type of methodology. What are your thoughts on it?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't see that one working so well for for, for me. <laughs> yeah, if I if I translated that to myself, I'd be like, okay, so I'm I'm just pretty much going to focus on endurance and slower running as my perceived weaknesses but then when i hit the race i'm i'm just going to go absolutely flat out and just kind of hope for the best and in some ways i feel like i tried that in 2017 um where yeah I, i i did train fairly exclusively in that sort of endurance slow aerobic world and from time to time i'd just pop up and Try and run a fast park run or something like that with no preparation. And look, I, I ran it right, um, but I'd certainly argue that I would have run a lot better if I'd put in some of the the training sessions that I'm good at enjoy and are probably more focused on producing a, a faster running performance. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I think if you're if you're training to your strengths and then you convert that to racing to your strengths you're going to be in a positive mindset. And, you know, they say so much that athletic performance and especially running, you know, I've heard this saying so many times that it's 30% physical, 70% mental. And if you go into a race and you're already shitty because you, you know, you hate a particular way of training or racing, then you're probably not going to get to the start line in the correct frame of mind to start with anyway.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that is a, a very good point And I think a, a lot of what we're talking about is definitely psychological factors, which I know both of us are not not experts in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely something to be to be considered.
1: Yeah, um, well, in going and continuing with my research that I've been doing, I actually came across a really good website. I'm not sure if you've heard of this before. Um, the gentleman's name is Steve Pavlina. Does have some web, uh, some podcasts, and but has a, a really good uh, website and, and blog. And this particular article was titled "Work from Your Strengths, Train Up Your Weaknesses," mm. and he just gave some really good concepts around, you know, in he actually had four areas and then broke it out into 12 areas. And he was coming from more universal um, areas of human existence, not necessarily like skill and, you know, physical activity based. But the examples he gave was, you know, have a look at your lifestyle holistically from sort of work, financial, relationships, emotional, social, spiritual, and rank them on a scale of one to ten and then have a look, you know, at which points are your strengths, which points are your weaknesses and have a look at how they actually interact with each other. And whilst he was, he wasn't coming so much from the physical activity side of it, like we're talking about with running this, I I felt like there was a bit of a correlation there because, you know, for me, one of my strengths is planning and organizing but a weakness is how busy I always am. So I'm left emotionally drained. So, you know, great. I have 10 out of 10 on the planning side of it, and I've got one out of 10 on the emotional um, energy side of it. How the hell am I ever going to get a good performance? Because they actually don't marry up. So I thought that was actually a really good exercise. And I am going to sit down and do it, and then maybe that will assist in planning a bit more holistically. And I will tend to, you know, maybe train more to the strengths. But as the quote that I had mentioned earlier is just don't let those weaknesses get any weaker, maybe try to improve yeah. some of them. And they don't all have to just be physical areas. Like, yes, getting the training done is one element of it, but if you're not in the headspace or if you're unwell or if you're constantly injured, there's something else going on there.
0: And I think what you're describing there, that, that torment that you have of <laughs> being a planner but not being able to plan, I think that's sort of like a – I think that's called cognitive dissonance. <laughs> I'm going to look that up just to make sure afterwards that I've got the, got the right terminology. But another way of looking at that is I've done quite a few of those working preferences models over the years, I'm sure you have as well, um, as part of your career development. Oh,
1: yes, and, and organisation and planning is always at the top. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, and it's always at the bottom of mine. Yes. And one of the ones that I went to or one of the models that I've, I've done a few years ago now was this thing called the Herman Brain Dominance Instrument, which is sort of like a – it's a working preferences model, so it's not trying to psychoanalyse your personality profile you like a Myers-Briggs kind of test would, but it just kind of breaks down the, your – strengths and weaknesses in terms of the way that you prefer to work. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a left brain, right brain model with an extra dimension thrown in. So, it ends up being a four quadrant kind of profiling tool. And one of the quadrants is creativity and strategy. One of them is sort of around your ability to kind of be analytical and critical. One of them is around that detailed planning and attention to detail area which is the one that you were just talking about and the one that <laughs> I, I never um appear in and the fourth one was like you know your focus on people and your ability to both enjoy interacting with people um and sort of take something away from that and like the the thing that i took out of that was just because you have a preference for any one of those quadrants or in my case three out of the four, (laughs) Um, except the detail one. doesn't mean you can't do the detailed planning, but the extra cognitive load is the thing that actually exhausts you if you have to play in that space. So, if you made me sit down at work and spend a whole day doing a project plan, for example... (laughs) <laughs> I would be absolutely exhausted by the end of the day. I could do it, um, but the cost of doing it would be, yeah, that mental torment and uh, exhaustion. And it's probably similar in the running context where, you know, if you make me go and do long, slow running every day, um, eventually that's going to kind of break me down and become become exhausting um, and Maybe maybe it's similar for the kinds of training that you were mentioning that weren't so strong for you.
1: Yeah, no, I, that's why I really like discussing this and looking at it, not just from, well, I want to run faster, so does that mean I have to train harder? There are just so many other elements that go into this. And, you know, from looking at and thinking about this and playing around with it in my head and having reflection time over the last week, I, I'll i be honest, I actually started this topic in thinking, no, I'm going to train my weaknesses, like that is what's going to allow me to sort of, you know, get to that next sort of breakthrough, I suppose, if you want to call it, or maybe try and get back to some of the times that I've run before. And the more that I've sort of been reading and thinking and even just sort of throwing text messages back and forth to you, I've actually come completely the opposite side of the fence (laughs) and have decided no, I'm I'm doing this for the enjoyment factor, and those weaknesses are fundamentally going to give me the shit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna train to my strengths.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I, I I think you've come to come to a good and happy place. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that I have. And you know, I think I think last year when I was doing the marathon and the marathon training, I had said how much I enjoyed it because in a way it was quite rigid and there was that plan and um, and I loved that ticking off the sessions and ticking off the K's and it really did suit my personality. But if I'm brutally honest, I think I've probably tried to, in fact, I don't think, I know, I've tried to carry that across into sort of post-marathon and I'm not training for a marathon at the moment. So, you know, I don't think unless you may be an elite athlete or, and you've got all the time in the world, I don't think that rigid week-in, week-out training structure is actually sustainable. And I've certainly, I feel like like I've had a couple of good races this year. We're pretty much halfway through the year. But for how fit I know that I actually am versus what I've produced, I've fundamentally underperformed. <laughs> <laughs> and I really put that down to I've tried to, stick to this rigid structured formula that I loved for the marathon and which for the marathon it's it's very much probably needed and it was fantastic for that 12 to 14-week period. But I've tried to do it for, you know, replicate that for 52 Mm -hmm. weeks of the year and it's just not sustainable. So I think I need to go back to, you know, the Lisa of old, the Lisa of 2010, 2011, who was working a million hours and had lots of things on and, you know, sometimes run 30 Ks a week, sometimes run 60 Ks a week. I actually didn't count any of my Ks. But we're still able to run 10 and a half minute 3Ks. And I sent you a session during the week that you and I had done and it was a ended up being nearly 12 kilometres in effort, three loops of the tan, which for anyone outside of Melbourne, uh you know, very famous three point eight something kilometre loop, and we went out and ran, just tried to get each lap quicker and we got down to fifteen twenty, uh I think is our last one off off this really non structured listen to your body type of training. So that's where I'm headed.
0: I like it I think getting into that consistently inconsistent <laughs> mode could, could be the the ticket for us both and look you know there's no arguing with the recipe of sustained consistency if you've got the time and the capacity and the genetic predisposition to handle that and you know lack of exposure to stress like you know you could definitely see lots of examples of people performing well off that kind of steady diet but I think for us we've got to be really careful about where we hit ourselves with that extra stimulus so that being a little bit more inconsistent almost makes you space out those um, uh, those harder efforts and stimulus and gives you a lot more time to recover between those efforts and I think that's probably half of what we're talking about is just giving ourselves a little bit more time to recover and just letting yourself Or letting your body tell you when it's ready to to do something more difficult again, rather than having the the schedule drive you.
1: Mm. And so, if I am to put that back into our discussion on, you know, do you train to your strengths or weaknesses? Well, I'm, we'll train to my strengths, and that will effectively be, you know, I'm I'm really good at running the track sessions. So on a Thursday, I will still do my track sessions and maybe make that, you know, the highlight of my week, and still do my Sunday, but just go along and do maybe anywhere between 12 to 15 Ks, make it enjoyable, Mm -hmm. get out there and do it. And then whatever else I can fit in around that, you know, so be it, you know, whether it's six Ks or whether I'm feeling good on a particular day and want to run a, a moderate type of run where you're running a bit quicker, just really let the rest of the week fall into place depending on how the body is feeling and really attack those days where you feel good, you love it and you know you end up having a positive performance So, and it makes you feel good as well.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. Well, so we're both headed for a strengths-based training approach. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens and what we can produce of that kind of training mix. I, I kind of feel like I've almost been doing that so far with the exception of um, putting in some uh, some purely anaerobic speed work type sessions. So I haven't, to this point in time, been hitting the track and doing any 200s or 400s of that or that kind of stuff or, or even doing, um, even off the track, some kind of hill sprints. So that's probably the thing that I will try and add back into my training. But, but like you, I'm going to be really careful about when I choose to do that because it's pretty easy to overcook it. Given everything else that's going on, I'll have to be cautious about where that goes. So, probably for me, really only two harder efforts in any seven day block is probably about as much as I can handle at the moment. Yeah, I'd say.
1: well, and that's all um, I'm really going to do as mm-hmm. well. So, I was just, I was actually being left mentally. Exhaust as well you know i was able to sort of push myself through the physical side of it Mm. but you know obviously the niggles and you know the colds they're they're telling you something and and i was saying to my husband that one of the big changes that I've made this year in having my crazy rigid structured routine is even just adding in you know the gym that I go on particular days and particular mornings and you know I'm running into the office and I'm running home from the office but I've got all those extra things of well, I need to pack my bag and I need to take mm. in my clothes for the next day and I need to pack two lunches and I need to unpack and make sure I've got these shoes. Yeah. and Extra stress. <laughs> just all those extra stresses. And, you know, there might be some people sitting there going, bloody hell, Lisa, geez, you just whinge all the time. <laughs> it's honestly, it's so exhausting waking up going, okay, it's Monday morning, what do I need for Tuesday and Wednesday and what do I need? You know, it's it's just there's no just living in the moment and yeah. I've honestly worn out from it. So I'm actually even ditching that because I used to drive in when I went into the office all the time and I, I stopped doing that. I've, you know, I was getting lifts or I was running in or I was meeting people and I just, I just said, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to make it convenient, get in my car, <laughs> yeah. drive to the office, drive home. And just try and de-layer some of those extra things that um yeah. just has been really beating me into the ground.
0: Yeah, all of those extra things you just described, its stuff that would completely do my head <laughs> in—and I, I don't do any of those for exactly that reason. Like I, I, you know, I don't take clothes to work in the in the attempt that it, or the thought that I'm going to you know do a workout or go for a run at lunchtime or after work in Melbourne. Like it, it all happens at home. So. The runs happen from home, so I don't have to worry about taking any extra stuff with me. Because yeah, having to think through all of that would just yeah, it's mentally my, my brain yeah, is, it's is draining. It
1: actually makes my brain hurt. And even sitting there at work, watching the clock, going, oh, "I have to be out the door by this time because I've quickly got mm-hmm. to get up to the gym and grab this hat bag and get in the session, and then get the hair and makeup done and get back." And it was it's just was becoming not enjoyable. And I was really just missing the point of why I do this all in the first place. Um, So that's all changing. And one of the other biggest things I'm changing is not that I'm setting this in stone, but I'm going to do a Sunday to Thursday week. Fridays, even though I'm working, I'm on kid duty and I'm Doing drop offs and pickups and all of the rest of it. And I was even trying to fit in a million other, you know, trying to get to the gym and trying to get a massage and all of those things. And it was just, again, becoming too much. And then I realized just how much I hate running on a Saturday morning. I think I've said this a few times. And <laughs> I have had, or last Saturday, I had sort of was a bit of an experiment, the run walk, but I've not done anything or rushed or gotten up on a Saturday morning. And I've just really had that time to spend with my girls actually sit on the couch and eat my breakfast in my pajamas Mm -hmm. which is such a, a pleasure and a novelty so I think just allowing some of that back into my life will hopefully bring some positive performances and bring some positivity back to me
0: Absolutely. Well, you're certainly going to enjoy yourself more and hopefully not be sick and injured, so that's <laughs> got to be got to be headed in the right direction.
1: Uh, exactly. So, um, training to those strengths, Brian. Go the strength yeah. team.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to do that. So, probably not much point in asking you what you're going to be doing over the next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> A lot of walking, <laughs> getting better, and yep. I've got another massage. Making
0: banana bread. Oh, yeah.
1: Well... Oh, Yeah, maybe. It was actually the one slice that I got was delicious. (laughs) Not a lot. What about you? Are you racing anytime soon, actually? Gosh, we're meant to be talking road racing and cross-country, and between the both of us now, you were our hope. Yeah,
0: I know. Well, at least least I did get one cross-country race in, so I'm pretty happy with that. And I'm not sure exactly what my next thing is going to be. uh, I might have to get back to you on that On what the actual next all-out effort is going to be I actually wouldn't mind having another really solid crack at a park run Sometime in the near future Because getting back to that strength thing I do quite enjoy the 5k as you know So um, I wouldn't mind seeing what I could do at the moment Off the kind of training that I've been doing Because I suspect I'd be able to knock that 1951 time That I did earlier in the year over i reckon reckon i've just got a feeling i'm in about 19 and a half minute shape at the moment or maybe even slightly better but i wouldn't mind putting that to the test so i'm going to try and do that soon other than that i haven't got anything planned on the immediate horizon longer term there's going to be some extra races am still hoping to be able to do that 10k athletics victoria event at albert park mm-hmm. and the flinders island running festival which is towards the end of Or It is actually at the end of August, so, yeah, definitely doing that one and possibly even do the Burnley Half Marathon, uh, which is the week after the Flinders Island race. Mm So, yeah, there's a few few things on the longer horizon, but the shorter horizon is looking a little bit more flexible for me right now.
1: Mm. Do you know... I don't know how elite athletes do it, racing week in, week out. And I uh, was thinking that I enjoyed last year because I had this one pinnacle race being the marathon and anything else I did was just sort of, it was like, it was training. But, you know, not having that one pinnacle race and thinking, oh, I'm going to do a 5K here and a 4K relay here and a 10K there find it exhausting to get yourself up all the time for it that's probably why i'm not an elite runner
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i think i think i've i think i've quite enjoyed what i've done so far even though that hasn't been a lot so yeah just turning up for the ones where i feel like i've got the energy to commit to it and and go out there and have a crack and i've enjoyed the ones that i've done so yeah i'm basically going to continue to follow that philosophy let my body tell me which ones i should be doing and uh just enjoy the ones I, i do and in between just enjoy my training
1: Mm, well, that sounds like a good plan. We've actually got a uh, park run coming up for our, our club, uh, not this weekend, next weekend. So I'm hoping to even just jog around it. I've not done it before. It's called Camay Park Run in the eastern suburbs. So I'm just, do you know, I'm just hanging to get out and jog. It doesn't even have to be fast. I've been para- para <laughs> around 30 minutes. <laughs> i think
0: you should your challenge should be to do your slowest park run ever oh
1: well you know um i'm okay with running slow so i'm happy to take that on
0: (laughs) good work see if you see if you can knock off on some of my slow times because i've got a few on my record
1: (laughs) you do the thing is though i'm actually feeling really fit like i said like even having this i didn't really have last week off did i have my 11 and a half hours of training
0: (laughs) no you did not
1: um so i am feeling really really fit i've just got to get into that headspace so maybe having a couple of silly challenges like that might help
0: (laughs) yep i think you should right i reckon we're close to a wrap shall we call it a day Lisa? i
1: think so yeah
0: you have been listening to the running technique tips podcast with brian martin and lisa biffin catch you next week